0: Another edition of the show that shakes the Southland. We are y'all. John Rawl is my name, and it is wonderful to have you aboard as we've got three hours of Southern conversation coming your way. We want you to be part of the Southern conversation. To do that, you can drop us an email, any old time, mailmail mail, at y'all.com. That's the one way to do it. And then the other way, we've got our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week text line open for you, 615 615- 208-4184. Hope you all are doing great on this Wednesday. Got a busy show. Got the news headlines across the Southeast. More on the Trump indictment from Georgia that we'll be talking about. And a twist and a turn in that that's come out post the 19 people involved with Fannie Willis's Monday indictments. Now there's somebody else being looked into. We'll let you know. Is it you? Are you going to be part of this? We'll let you know about that. Plus, the latest in Southern sports. Not much going on Southern sports-wise, except for the Tui's and the oars, And they're playing out their battle over money and the media right now. The Blind Side Part 2. We'll talk about that in our Southern sports today. Plus, we have here in our opening hour, hashtag huddle blue. And we're going to learn all about pretty flowers. And there's a guy in Jackson, Tennessee, that's a rapper. And he's put a video out, and I'm going to talk about it right here in hashtag Hullabaloo in our first hour. Hour number two today, we've got all the headlines in sports, including in our hour two coverage. We have our Southern Sports Spotlight as we are on a college tour across the southeast visiting with college football programs, getting ready for the start of the 2023 season. And today, we're gonna to be hanging out in the Big Easy as the two-lane green wave ranked in the top 25 in the latest AP preseason poll. Yes, roll wave, two-lane, we'll talk about the 2023 schedule, what Willie Fritz has built in New Orleans in the Garden District, I think is where that campus is located, and we'll hear from coach fritz what a job he has done in new orleans as tulane is new orleans college football team and we'll talk about the green wave your defending american conference champions your defending cotton bowl champions tulane green wave and we'll talk about them in hour number two plus in hour number two we've got our southern business spotlight and today wallet hub has come up with its list of the best states to live in is your state one of them we will walk through their list and especially the southern states where they show up in the wallet hub ranking of the best states that's coming up as part of our southern business spotlight in hour number two in our final hour today she's back megan headwall will be back on and she's got a listing of things making a comeback i'm excited to hear what she's got to say Yes, Megan Hedwell on with us in our final hour. Plus, we have our Southern History Spotlight coming your way. And happy birthday today. And this is really creepy. I actually had a dream just this past night about this football team. Today is the birthday of the Miami Dolphins. And, yeah, sure enough, I had a dream that included the Dolphins in my dream. Weird. Okay, today is also the birthday of Fess Parker. And James J.T. Taylor, the lead singer of Cool in the Gang. And we'll play a little Cool in the Gang music for the Lawrence, South Carolina native who's got a birthday today. Cool in the Gang. Yeah. We're going to celebrate good times. Come on. We're going to do that in our Southern History Spotlight coming up in our final hour of the all show. See? Now, is that not a heck of a show that we got planned out for you? Yeah, I think so. And in fact, this is such a good show. Please keep listening. But also, if you just happen to be called away to some other responsibility while we're on the air over the next few hours, don't forget the y'all show is available in podcast form and you can listen to us on your schedule. And All you got to do is find us as we're on podcast apps like Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app did you realize that if you've got apple itunes you can find us there plus we're on apple podcast the little purple icon that shows up if you've got an iphone or an ipad all of those you just search y'all show and we're right there and it is really easy and actually it's kind of fun to subscribe it's free of charge and you can stay on top of what's going on across the southeast. That is if you want to be informed. You know, maybe some of y'all just don't want to want to be in on the new and uh, shame on you. But I think a lot of you probably listening, if not everybody, <laughs> listen, kind of likes to know what's going on across your neighborhood. And the south is one heck of a neighborhood to be in. And we welcome you. In fact, here at the Y'all Show in our southern neighborhood, we don't have all these covenants that you got to follow. Yeah, we're not going to bog you down with association fees and all the other fun stuff you gotta do when you live in a like a real neighborhood. Our neighborhood's a lot cooler, a lot more fun, and certainly a lot more educational. Okay? So I think we've made a pretty good pitch of why you need to keep listening to the Y'all show and thank you for that. Alright, let's pick up the news headlines today on this Wednesday edition of the Y'all show. So President Trump, the 45th president, indicted Monday evening in Atlanta, his fourth indictment as the Attorney General of Fulton County, or DA, she's not the Attorney General, she's the District Attorney of Fulton County. Fonnie Willis indicts President Trump and a total of 19 people in his fourth indictment now that he's having a deal with. And Trump continues to claim the 2020 election in Georgia. Stolen. Well, the governor of Georgia is Brian Kemp, and he is firing back at Trump. And he says the election is not stolen back in 2020. As he put on Twitter, the governor, the 2020 election in Georgia was not stolen for nearly three years now. Anyone with evidence of fraud has failed to come forward under oath and prove anything in a court of law. Our elections in Georgia are secure, accessible and fair and will continue to be as long as I am governor. That from the Republican governor of the Peach State, Brian Kemp. Now, that followed a tweet that Trump had put out on his Truth Social saying that a large, complex, detailed, but irrefutable report on the presidential election fraud which took place in Georgia is almost complete and will be presented by me at a major news conference at 11 a.m. this coming Monday in Bedminster, New Jersey. The perfect place to put up a argument about Georgia election fraud. Come on, Trump. You should be in Georgia delivering this thing. The heck with your stupid golf club and all your clubs. I mean, I'm, I'm for Trump, but come on. Sometimes you need to get away from your own little fiefdom and get out there and you should be delivering this thing in downtown Atlanta, for goodness sakes. You ought to be doing it on the doorstep of Brian Kemp. Find a place right next to the governor's mansion now i think his in georgia i believe the governor's mansion is in a residential area i I think and you know how i know that oh um senior moment here the rodney dangerfield movie where he played the georgia governor in one of those 1980s comedies (laughs) it's a great uh great 1980s comedy if somebody knows that please text me here because i'm having one of those moments But uh, love that movie and love the fact that Rodney Dangerfield playing that role of the governor of Georgia. Guess what? Every time you turned around, there was that classic Georgia state flag of that 1980s staring you right in the face during that movie for a a guy who was not a southerner uh, in his background, Rodney Dangerfield. I tell you, I tell you, I get no respect. All right. Back into what Trump was saying. So Trump is going to have a press conference at Bedminster, New Jersey, Monday. And on his so, uh, Truth Social post, he said, based on the results of this conclusive report, all charges should be dropped against me and others. There will be a complete exoneration. They never went after those that rigged the election. The only They only went after those that fought to find the riggers. That from Trump. And then, as I said, Brian Kemp, the governor, the current governor of the state, fired back saying there's been no election fraud in Georgia as I said on the Tuesday y'all show I remember watching this massive and maybe that's what Trump's doing he's lifting what was announced back in 2022 maybe early 2022 There, there had a huge presentation of a guy who was once a congressman from Georgia he and others gave a whole presentation about election fraud in Georgia and I only saw it covered on Newsmax live. No other network carried it. Maybe it was because it was all fake. I don't know. But it seemed compelling at the time. And Trump remains adamant that there was election fraud. And, you know, the sad part about it, Trump, is that even if you had won Georgia, I still think you had lost the election. Because you wouldn't have been able to win Pennsylvania, and Michigan, and Arizona. You nearly won Nevada, but you didn't, according to the official results. And, But it's still, as a Southerner, it's hard to swallow that a Republican couldn't win Georgia? Good old Georgia, on my mind, and you couldn't pull that off? And Brian Kemp's not helping you out, the governor, saying there was no election interference? Of course... Back when he ran for governor in 2018, Stacey Abrams, his opponent, claimed voter fraud. Something, Trump might be right on this, there might be something going on in Georgia. And maybe he's got the goods. And that's why Monday, from the most incredible place ever, New Jersey, tongue in cheek I say that, he's going to lay out how they're coming after him And as he would say, they're coming after you if they're coming after him and he's wanting to find the rigors of the 2020 election. All right, let me give you another twist and turn to the 2020 election. So Brian Kemp is the governor of Georgia, but as of January, there is a new lieutenant governor in the state of Georgia from Butts County, Jackson, Georgia, former university of Georgia, walk on player, on the football team and a former co-host with yours truly, John Rawl on a great Georgia Bulldog show that we did several years ago. Bert Jones is the current Lieutenant Governor of Georgia. And I, I, I've not talked to Jones in a number of years, but for a while there we stayed in touch. And when I saw that he was running for Lieutenant Governor, I was like, wow, that's awesome. And then I found out he was solidly tied to Donald Trump. He spoke before Trump got up on stage in some Georgia events leading up to the 2020 election. He was out promoting Trump. I think Jones had been a state senator within Georgia's legislative body and decided to run for lieutenant governor. And he took over for the guy that's on TV every time you turn around with the quaffed hair, the the guy that's out against trump every time you get a chance to tune in television but jones is yet you're sitting lieutenant governor in georgia now well a special prosecutor has been chosen to investigate burt jones in connection with trump's alleged illegal efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election in the peach state Fonnie willis of course she put out a 98 page indictment monday accusing 19 people, which includes Trump in her indictment. But Burt Jones was not included in that. And Jones was one of the so-called fake electors of Georgia. He was one of 16 that were in that category. And I've been wondering why this hasn't been brought up a lot. In fact, I think I mentioned it on Tuesday show. If it wasn't Tuesday, it was Monday's y'all show about Jones well, a special counsel now looking into him, and they're going to come after every single one of these so-called fake electors, not just in Georgia, but they're coming after them in every state that, that existed. The governor, or rather, Bert Jones, the lieutenant governor, has denied wrongdoing, claiming he and other electors acted only to preserve Trump's chances if the former president won in court. Now, he put out a statement Tuesday that Willis's investigation was a constant media and PR campaign for the sole purpose of furthering her own political career. That from the lieutenant governor now of Georgia, Burt Jones. And he added that she was pursuing the political vendettas of the past when she should have been going after real criminals. <laughs> now, that is in direct contrast with the governor, who I just gave that statement that he believes that there was no election election problem at all in Georgia in 2020. The reason reports say that Jones wasn't included in that indictment was because of some kind of conflict of interest since he is the sitting lieutenant governor of the state of Georgia. But it looks like Jones is going to come under some kind of legal microscope. He and the other 15 so-called fake electors And it's going to get ugly there. And as I said, I think this is probably going to be repeated in every single state that there was this fake elector scenario going on to help. As Bert Jones said, look, we just had our elector slate ready in case courts ruled in favor of Trump. We wouldn't be wasting time trying to come up with a slate of electors we were ready to go. That's his justification. Seems reasonable to me I think their word was alternate electors at the time we 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 really haven't gone too far down the road since that 2020 election and here we are staring at another one in just over a year get ready An Alex Murdoch story. Yes, just what we've always wanted. More Alex Murdoch stories coming from South Carolina. A longtime friend of Murdoch was sentenced Tuesday to nearly four years in prison. All because he schemed to steal millions of dollars of insurance settlements from the sons of his, uh, the, the Murdoch family's housekeeper. That's the lady that died supposedly falling down the staircase at their I guess it could have been not Hampton County, but it would have been Colleton County hunting lodge deal they had there. Corey Fleming said he knew that Alex Murdaugh was now serving a life sentence for killing his wife and son and was going to steal something from the family, but he thought it might be 100000 not the entire $4 million-plus award. And on Tuesday, federal judge Richard Gergel sentenced Corey Fleming to 46 months in prison. The 54-year-old turned himself into federal marshals and has started serving his time of nearly four years in prison. Fleming was a lawyer. Did you realize that? Fleming was a lawyer, and his law firm made about $675,000 over the insurance settlement, which has been paid back. Again, this is involving that housekeeper that died at the Murdoch family hunting estate and it was all a scheme to steal millions of dollars from her sons of the woman who died there in South Carolina what a shady, shady group of people there and they got away with it and what a unfortunate thing with the death of Miss Satterfield and her sons denied the insurance money from her death many many years ago Mm. some people are going to rot in prison and I don't think too many people are going to cry about that one now to another rotten in prison story perhaps this comes to us from the panhandle of Florida so a man and his mom now have both been accused of murder in the Florida panhandle 20 year old Keith Agee arrested by the Escambia County Sheriff's Office Arrested in the deadly shooting of an 18 year old named Brooklyn Sims after she was killed in the panhandle of Florida at a Home Depot. Shot in the Home Depot in the Pensacola area. And it looks like the 20 year old was getting help on this from his mother. And they've both now been arrested. 50 year old Sheila AG facing charges in the shooting death of the 18 year old Brooklyn Sims. She allegedly helped her son plan the attack of this woman inside the Pensacola area Home Depot. The sheriff of Escambia County, Chip Simmons, said on Facebook the murder itself is unbelievable, but to know the mother knew about it and helped coordinate it is incomprehensible. There were text messages between the mom and the son claiming they took place the department released these text messages the conversations between the mother and son just before Sims was shot and killed inside this Pensacola Home Depot. I don't know if there was a connection between the Sims and the and the son or the mother either, even but an unfortunate unfortunate story that a mother and a son scheming to kill this woman in the Florida Panhandle this week Mm. it is Elvis week in Memphis as thousands of fans have come into Shelby County Tennessee to honor the king of rock and roll and they have the candlelight vigil this year though it's an extra somber affair in Memphis as they have a candlelight vigil, not just for Elvis's passing, but since she passed away in January this year, the fans of Elvis coming to Memphis will also honor Lisa Marie. And this candlelight vigil begins at 8.30. Or it goes into the evening of Tuesday, Wednesday, so today it kind of wraps up. For the death of Elvis Presley, who we lost in 1977. Elvis Week. I've always wondered why they make a big deal out of Elvis Week. The the week of which we lost Elvis. As opposed to his birth, I think it's in January. Maybe Memphis in January is not a good place to be. But yes, the Elvis Week, which has lots of events going on throughout Memphis. This entire week underway. And this year's event. Something, of course extra somber because of the loss of Lisa Marie earlier in 2023. And that's a look at some of our headlines here to start off our Wednesday edition of the Y'all Show. When we come back in hour number two, we will have more headlines that we will be happy to pass along your way so you don't want to miss out on the fun. When we come back, we've got a quick look at some Southern sports news. We're going to keep it in Memphis, actually, as the blind side was it completely a fake news story it just might be and there's some nasty things being said about both Michael Orr and the Tui family we'll give you an update on that and other sports happenings all right here on the y'all show before we get out of here this hour we've got hashtag huddle Blue coming your way so stay tuned to the show that's all about the south about the southeast and a quick look at some southern sports news here on this Wednesday y'all show. And let's be honest, it's kind of been a slow news day from a southern sports perspective. That's why we've got to kind of get into a little bit of sports drama if we want to talk about southern sports news. And the drama comes to us courtesy of the movies, literally, (laughs) as the Michael Orr Tui Tui family saga The Blind Side Uncovered, you could call this, right here on The Y'all Show. So earlier in the week, Michael Orr, the former NFL offensive lineman who played for teams like the Ravens and the Panthers, I think he played for the Titans briefly, Michael Orr came out and said that essentially he had not received anything for The Blind Side, the huge Oscar-winning movie that came out around 2009, and so was it all fake news was it all fake news now if you have any kind of connection to the Memphis area or perhaps to Ole Miss where Oral played college football and the Tuies have been big people at the University of Mississippi Sean Tuie played basketball arguably one of the best basketball players in the history of the Rebels and Leanne was a Cheerleader for the Johnny Rebs back in the day, and so they have a, a very close connection. In fact, the basketball training facility on campus there in Oxford, named the Tui Family Complex or something like that. Very nice place. And if you have kind of sort of been loosely connected to the Rebel and or Memphis community. You knew something wasn't quite right with this whole blindside story. It just couldn't be that good. And the haters out there of Mississippi State and Memphis also don't want to leave the Tigers. I don't think the Vols really care. But they've always gone around saying, oh, blindsides, it's all a lie, it's all fake. They, they've been saying that for a long time. And, and you know what? They actually might be right on this thing. As this week, Orr comes out and says that he's been essentially uh, left out to dry, that he never was adopted by the Tui family. Well, now the Tooheys are fighting back, and they came out with a statement on Tuesday, the Tui Tuesday statement. Uh, they dispute Orr's claims, and they call this now a shakedown effort. Families going up against each other, or are they families at all is the question so on tuesday the twoies firing back by claiming that or threatened to go public with his story if they not, did not pay him 15 million dollars is what they're now saying an attorney named martin singer issued a statement on the twoies behalf that called ors claims outlandish and said the idea that the family ever sought the profit off of Mr. Orr is not only offensive, it is transparently ridiculous. Now, if you know anything about the movie, it's mentioned kind of in the movie, but again, tying back to the Memphis area, Sean Tuey was a very successful and, as far as I know, still successful businessman. He owned a bunch of Taco Bells in the Mid-South. And there's, I know, a scene in the movie where the young Toohey kid tells Michael Orr he can eat all the tacos he wants because his dad owns Taco Bell and so you got a real struggle going on here over an NFL star I mean Michael Orr won a Super Bowl he was a very good offensive lineman he protected the blind side in the NFL and and then you got this family who's been ultra successful business wise They run in the elite class of Memphis. At one time, the daughter of the Tuohys, who's portrayed in the movie by Phil Collins' real-life daughter, she was dating and may still be dating, maybe even married to, for goodness sakes, the son of Fred Smith, the founder of FedEx. We're talking like the elites here. And they're squabbling over $15 million. Or at least that's what the Tui family comes out and says. Now, attorney Don Barrett, a very, very powerful attorney in Memphis, he's a member of Michael Orr's legal team, and he also had a statement Tuesday saying that, we try cases in the courtroom based on the facts. We have confidence in our judicial system and in our client, Michael Orr. We believe the justice will be served in the courtroom and we hope to get there quickly yeah it's a pretty bizarre thing i've wondered why we haven't really seen Orr and the two he's hanging out too much over the last 10 years now i know he played in the nfl but he's been out of the league for several years now and i think again he's been a little bit of a mystery i think he's living in the nashville area i've I think. I don't think he's in Memphis and I don't think he's in Oxford. I'm pretty sure he's not in Oxford. I would have seen him down there. but Because uh, Michael Orr is not going to be a guy you're going to confuse. You're, you're going to say, I think that's Michael Orr. That's, that's Big Mike. Anyway, this is a story that's getting uglier and uglier by the day and it's got to do with money. And this, I, I told somebody I probably shouldn't bring stuff like this up because I'm supposed to be a a respected journalist. But don't be surprised if this all ties down to perhaps money. yes, of course, money, but why is it happening now? Why is this story now coming out? Well, guess what? Leanne and Sean Tuey are pushing 60-65 and don't be surprised if they're setting up their estates and their will. And guess who probably was left out of the will? That's just complete guess on my part but that's the kind of thing that happens and why we see people fighting in this case the living fighting because what would happen if the twoies weren't here anymore and their supposed son has no legacy since he was never adopted according to what he says drama y'all drama coming from Memphis this week Hey, congratulations to former Florida Gator quarterback Anthony Richardson. He was one of the top picks in this year's NFL draft. And guess what? He was just named starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. What a huge thing. It came as a shock to Anthony Richardson. He was the fourth overall draft pick in the 2023 NFL draft. He was picked after Bryce Young went to the Panthers, and then you had the Stroud that went to the Houston Texans as the second NFL quarterback in the 2023 draft so this guy was your third quarterback taken and he has been announced starting QB for the Colts the Colts have a new head football coach they have Mississippi native Gardner Minshew also competing for that quarterback job there in Indianapolis but Richardson ends up besting the veteran Minshew who I think was with the Eagles last last season. Minshew his claim to fame was he has been a good quarterback at times for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was until huh, Trevor Lawrence came down to Duval. But Richardson again coming over from the University of Florida. Kudos. They've seen something that they like there in the Circle City. And the Colts fans Rejoice that this could be their answer to the last few years where they've really been struggling since Andrew Luck up and decided to walk away from the game right on the start of the new season about five years ago. And they've tried to fill that position with people like Philip Rivers coming in on a one-year deal. And then most recently... Um, Matt Ryan coming in from the Falcons and that didn't work out too well and Colts fans you might just have your future quarterback all lined up with Anthony Richardson, chomp chomp your new starting QB QB for Indianapolis and we want to congratulate the New York Liberty they are the WNBA's Commissioner's Cup champions as they won On Tuesday, beating the Las Vegas Aces, it is the Commissioner Cup trophy given to the WNBA champion. And now, one of the original franchises in the WNBA, the New York Liberty, win their first title, their first Commissioner's Cup, now could be held up high in Manhattan because the Liberty... Have done it. Give me Liberty? Heck yeah. They win the WNBA title. And I know we can all celebrate Brianna Stewart and others with their tremendous victory. I know you've been on the edge of your seat wondering who won that WNBA title. Well, it's the Liberty this year. And the Aces, I'm surprised they didn't fare better. It was an 82-63 victory Tuesday for the Liberty in this game played in New York over the Aces and Asia Wilson, the big star for Las Vegas, former Gamecock. She goes down in defeat. Of course, the Aces did win the title, I think, two years ago if my memory is correct. And that is a look at some Southern sports news here on this Wednesday edition of the Y'all Show. When we come back, we're going to wrap this hour of the Y'all Show up. We've got a look at some hashtag hullabully fun included in that. A rap video coming to us from Madison County, Tennessee, and I will let you know what that's all about, plus some pretty flowers. Yeah, I'll tell you just how pretty they are when the Y'all Show returns.
1: Met the bird. many charms, I kissed While the guitars bleed The bone apart, you treat Guitar! Go away. So I held her in my arms. and Told her of her many charms. Cheers to all the backpack pleads upon
0: the parsley street. Delight Arkansas's Glenn Campbell with a little bit of a comeback song from nineteen seventy-four for him, a song written by pee Wee King and on a parts retreat. We're back here on the Y'all Show talking about all things Southern. We now wrap up hour one of our Y'all Show Wednesday edition with a look at some social media fun. We call it Hashtag huddlebaloo. And we start off with flowers on our mind. Thanks to Melody L. St. James on X. The account is M-E-L-S bracelets. Mel's bracelets. As Melody has a if they're still called that that says I love nature, landscapes flowers, rustic scenery, fashion and all things beautiful. I do not own the rights to any of the pics I post they aren't mine. Oh okay well thank you for that heads up because I'm about to brag about a picture that you know what I don't think this is something you got off of the internet. I think you took this picture Melody and I'm going to brag on you because if you didn't take it Who's going to know? Okay. But Melody's post here this week says it's a southern thing. And she's got a picture of a beautiful array of flowers. And it is just uh, lovely out there. Gosh, we have so many great options when it comes to flowers in this part of the world. And little, little hint. Yes, we love our local flower shops, our florists that do a good job many of which make their most money sadly on funerals. I know so because I'm buddies with a florist and he told me he wouldn't be in business if not for funerals. Um, Because I guess there's not a lot of romantics out there buying flowers. But not that they need the promotion. I'm going to tell you about a little secret that I have used when I have put on my romantic cap lately. Fellas, so even if you don't necessarily need to be courting, if you're just wanting to spice up somebody's day I will tell you there is a national pharmacy chain that has a big W as part of their logo they have a pretty good in my opinion a pretty good selection of flowers if you're ever in there shopping so if you're in a pinch and you're trying to impress somebody or you're just trying to maybe brighten somebody's day at the office that's a pretty good option especially since most of our local florists may not be open beyond 5 o'clock let's say and you have a hot date and you're wanting to impress somebody you want to get that half dozen or dozen roses this, this this is a good option for you in my opinion if your local big national pharmacy does have fresh flowers I'm just trying to help you out here call me your love connection But, Melody, thank you. I don't know where your flowers came from, but you're right. Flowers, they are a southern thing. And what a great job you've done here with this idea to help out with interior improvement and the aesthetics that beautiful flowers bring. Thank you, Melody St. James. Let's take you now to Jackson. We got married in a fever. I think that's the song. Hotter than a pepper sprout, Jackson. And we're going to take you to Jackson, Tennessee, because that's where TN Worldwide is located. And that is the account of Tres de Mera. Tres de Mera, or Tres de I'm not sure exactly the pronunciation. But this is a, a person on social media that's proud of their music career. And they put a post that caught our producer's eyes here at the y'all show. As TN, which is Tennessee, Tennessee Worldwide, has posted the following. I signed myself. My name is Trez DeMira. My music is licensed by the following. Amazon Digital, TIDAL title slacker, Deezer, iHeartRadio and Believe Music. Well, who is Tennessee Worldwide? Who is Trez Demira? Well, let me tell you a little bit about this person but I can't play their music because I'm afraid it may not be G-rated, okay? But Trez Demira put out on X this week that we graduated from the Southern School of Rappers my rap class I did the best the okay I'm sorry I'm having to clean up some of the English here. My rap class I did the best in was storytelling. I reside in Jackson, Tennessee, and this is a hustler's rap anthem. I don't know what a hustler's rap anthem is, but I ain't gonna play it on the y'all show. But uh Trez Demiria has put out a, a video. If you go follow him on Twitter, or should I say X, the account is T R E Z D A M I R R A, and he's got a, a video attached with his pretty impressive little music video to go along with his latest song. and I, And I pulled up some of his past stuff, and yeah, he's he's got the own his own little music empire going in Madison County, Tennessee Trez Demiria, as he signed himself up and he's got his own license through Amazon Digital and Slacker and more and I, it may be perfectly fine for the radio. I'm just not willing to take that gamble. Trez Demiria. I hope you understand. Maybe you can come in here and rap sometime for us. We would uh, We'd get a kick out of that. I don't think I've ever had a rap artist rap in front of me like one-on-one. I've had plenty of people come in with guitars and do their thing. Rap is a, it's it's a new, I'm turning over a new leaf if I I'll let that happen. But good luck to you and good luck to all our, our people out here. You know, getting seen and making it in music comes down sometimes to doing exactly what Trez DeMira is doing, promoting yourself and making it look like you're a lot bigger deal than maybe you actually are. And maybe this person really is a big deal. We wish you all the best. We'll come back with another hour of the Y'all Show right after this timeout. We are the show that shakes the Southland, powered by y'all.com. In Maryland, a new Buckies in Mississippi, and a Bear interrupting high school practice in East Tennessee. All that is part of our headlines of this second hour of the Y'all Show. Plus, we've got coming up in just a few minutes information about the Tulane Green Wave, ranked in the top 25 of college football. Roll wave, all you Tulane Greenies. You've got a lot to be proud of right now if you're a Tulane fan. and We're going to break down Tulane's 2023 schedule and we're going to hear from the head coach of the Wave, Willie Fritz. What an incredible job he's done in a couple years there in the Garden District of New Orleans. All that is coming up in this second hour of the Y'all Show and before the hour is up, thanks to Wallet Hub, we have our Southern Business Spotlight today and it's going to be on Wallet Hub's best states to live in is your state right there at the top hmm we got the results and the results will be announced a little bit later in this second hour of y'all Megan Hedwall is also going to be stopping by here in just a little bit so that'll be fun to have her back and we're going to have some fun with her I know in hour three today and she's got a list of things making a comeback yeah, can't wait for that. All that is coming up on the Y'all Show. We want you to be part of the Y'all Show to be a part of this show that shakes the Southland. You can drop us an email anytime. M A I L mail@yall.com. Also, we have our 24-hour day text line 615-208-4184. Hope y'all are doing well out there. Hope y'all are enjoying your summer as it's quickly coming to an end college students are right now either already in their dorms or they're getting them all set up and some of the schools out here across the south have already started their college plan you know you thought it was bad enough your public schools, your K-12 through started around August 1st some of our colleges are just now getting going for the new school year so kudos to all you on your new journey for the new academic year if you're into the post-secondary studies good luck there all a's are else now that i think about it i don't think i ever made all a's in any semester of my college career i did pretty good one semester but it wasn't all a's i think i would remember that yeah i, I know i would remember that now that i think about it but hey study study do well and uh, we'll be right here on the y'all show to get you through get you all set in fact when it comes exam time you just fire up some of these y'all shows on podcast form and we'll we'll get you to that perfect 4.0 GPA. Yeah, we'll do that for you right here <laughs> on the y'all show. Let's dive into our headlines here. And the big story nationwide is Trump, 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 Trump. And the Trumped up indictments. If you are a Trumpy Trumpian, you would feel that way. And if you're an anti-Trumper, you'd be like, hey, get this guy out of here we got to get him gone. We need to have him permanently kicked out of the country if you're an anti-Trumper. And boy, there's a few of those out there. But now the story coming from Atlanta this week where Fonnie Willis indicted Trump Monday evening. The daughter of a Black Panther member, Fonnie Willis, coming after Trump. Not that that matters, but it might. I mean, it's going to play into what Trump's argument is. This is a uh, political case. This is a maybe a a racial case. I think I've heard him say that, that this woman was at least racist, this, this Willis lady. And now that I think about it, she campaigned on getting Trump. She's kind of like Letitia James in New York State, the attorney general of that entire state, who... I think she's the one that said we're going to come get the MFR. I think so. Uh, there's been so many people. I don't want to confuse her with what is the congresswoman from Michigan who, when she won her election in 2018, she said we're going to impeach the mf'er. Uh, one of the, the 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 gang of four with our good friend Alexandria Orquez. Or. Uh, 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 Ocasio-Cortez, or I just call him by the last name, Cortez. Alexandria, good old Alex, or Sandy. I think that's what she went by growing up was Sandy. Sandy Cortez. Now, big time Congress lady. Although not getting, in my opinion, she's not getting the attention she used to. You know who's getting a lot of attention? Is Nancy Mace out of South Carolina. She's kind of picked up a lot of the national interviews as a congresswoman a a rising congress I don't even like to call you a congresswoman a congressman that happens to be a woman she is getting a lot of those media hits that the good old lady of the past from New York would have received and then you got representative Green out of Georgia now she's getting her share of hits but not normally on the CNN's of the world maybe not even on Fox but Newsmax they got her on speed dial and she usually has something interesting to hear about. It might be comical but it's usually interesting at least when the Northwest Georgia Congressman Green speaks. Well speaking of her native state of Georgia Brian Kemp is your current governor of the Peach State and he's fighting back against what Trump came out on Tuesday and said about how he's going to release a report Monday in bed minister at his golf club in New Jersey he's got a big major news conference Trump's putting out on Truth Social and it's going to be a news conference that's going to show the large complex detailed, but irrefutable evidence that the 2020 election in Georgia was 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 troubled let's just say And he says, Trump, that there will be a complete exoneration and they never went after those that rigged the election. They only went after those that fought to find the riggers. And so he's got this big thing he's teasing for Monday. Now, Brian Kemp, your Georgia governor, replies back to Donald Trump on social media and says, the 2020 election in Georgia was not stolen. For nearly three years now, anyone with evidence of fraud fraud Brian Kemp putting this out here anyone with evidence of fraud has failed to come forward under oath and prove anything in a court of law our elections in Georgia are secure accessible and fair and will continue to be as long as I am governor the future of our country is at stake in 2024 and that must be our focus that from Brian Kemp of GA going into the corner to fight Trump on trump's allegation that georgia certainly had some irregularities in the 2020 election the drama continues y'all also in our headlines across the southeast today we want to let you know about a story from the state of florida where a mother and a father or rather a mother and her son have now both been arrested because he went in and killed a lady inside a Home Depot in Pensacola and text revealed that the 50 what is she 50 even yeah 50 even Sheila AG helped out her 20-year-old son Keith as he's been charged with homicide and aggravated battery in the shooting death of 18-year-old Brooklyn Sims who was killed inside a Pensacola Home Depot and the text now linking the mother and son in that tragic death. It's Elvis week this week in Memphis. Lots of festivities going on including the the annual Candlelight Vigil which I think was Tuesday night into today but if you're an Elvis fan you probably have already found yourself in Memphis earlier in the week. Elvis was born in Tupelo and out of the Magnolia State we've got a big headline especially if you're going to be traveling on the Interstate 10 in the near future across the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. Bucky's is breaking ground on its new travel center in harrison county that's where biloxi and gulfport are located the company will open this endeavor with a groundbreaking ceremony today and it will celebrate the groundbreaking the start of construction local leaders will be on hand i wonder if tate reeves will be there the governor of mississippi because this is a big deal mississippi's first Bucky's, and it's going to be in harrison county it's going to be located on I-10 at Minge Avenue. It's going to be a 74,000 square feet Bucky's with 120 fueling positions and 24 EV charging stations. Bucky's, if you're not familiar with this Texas-based company, been in Texas primarily for the last decades, but now they're expanding. They've got 46 stores now across Texas and other southern states. Founded in 1982, Bucky's. And if you go to a Bucky's, not only will you find often more than 100 fueling positions where you can get your gas, but they also have great Texas brisket and barbecue, fudge, kolaches. They've got beaver nuggets, a.k.a. their neat little fries, I guess, or chicken nuggets. I don't, I, I don't think I've had a beaver nugget now that I think about it. But Bucky's also known for the pastries and jerky and more. It's a tourist trap. But it's a good tourist trap. And guess what? On Interstate Ten, as you're going across the Mississippi Gulf Coast, real soon, you've got a Buckeys you can go enjoy. And now there's a Buckys over on the eastern shore of Alabama. So if you have to make that drive from, let's say, Texas to Florida, when you leave Texas, I don't know how many buckies they got in Louisiana, but once you get now to Interstate Ten and in Mississippi, you'll be set and then Over there in the eastern shore of Alabama, they got one of these things, and I guess they have even more coming to Florida. Bucky's making quite a a dent in the travel excitement of people like me that are on the road a lot. Thank you, Bucky's. Now to a story out of Maryland. People who live in Maryland don't usually have to worry about alligators, but residents of a Beltsville, Maryland apartment complex think that they might have an alligator on their property as it was brought to the attention of some of the residents there that a reptile which looks a lot like an alligator is on the property and it's loose and Maryland wildlife officials are investigating the area around where this complex is appears to be a great habitat for an alligator as it has kind of a swampy looking look there in Beltsville, Maryland And so sure enough, they they might just have one there in Maryland with this apartment complex. The American alligator is often found in states like North Carolina southward. If you take a look at the coast of the country, North Carolina to the Rio Grande in Texas is where alligators typically are found. Alligators are usually found in freshwater, slow-moving rivers. They also live in swamps, marshes, and lakes. And according to reports out of Maryland, if this is an alligator that someone saw there in Maryland, chances are it is actually someone's pet that's gotten out of control. As alligators are not native to Maryland and are not allowed to be kept as pets. Un- oh, not allowed to be kept under state law as a pet. But somebody might be breaking the law. If this indeed is an alligator seen there in Beltsville, Maryland. I need to know where that is because I'm scared of alligators. And la- well, I'm not, I'm not. I think they're really cool. I've been out in the marshes of the South looking at alligators. Literally, one time I was in a John boat on a mission to find gators, and did, <laughs> not a lot of planning went into this alligator hunt. Crocodile Dundee, I am not. And the little John boat I was in. we we ended up going into a pretty big waterway and we weren't prepared for the winds. And guess what? Our little John boat took on water and we were deluged with water and we had to get out and walk in the swamp because we couldn't go any further in our boat. And guess what? There's alligators in that there swamp. I made it, but it was scary there for a while. And I don't know how many swamps they got in Beltsville, Maryland, but this is in Prince George's County. I've had to pull up the map. It's really, this, this community of Maryland is almost due north of Washington, D.C., so it's not really even on the Chesapeake Bay. So I doubt this was an alligator, or at least a, an alligator that naturally found its way to this section of Maryland. One more animal-related story before we turn our attention to college football, specifically the Tulane Green Wave. So, how about Gatlinburg-Pittman High School in East Tennessee? They had football practice here this week, getting ready for their season opener. And Gatlinburg-Pittman was out on the practice field when all of a sudden, their practice Monday got interrupted by a cute little bear that ran onto the field and caused a delay. This was a black bear, a real life wild black bear that came down out of the mountains and decided to run onto the beautiful Gatlinburg Pittman High School football field while the team was out there practicing. And hmm. Hmm, it was it's pretty neat to see. Practice had to stop for about 15 minutes, no injuries reported to the bear. And I'm not sure what ended up happening with this cute little bear. But um, the unfortunate thing for Gatlinburg-Pittman High School is they're not the Bears. That is not their nickname there in East Tennessee. They are the Highlanders. And they play in the TSSAA of Tennessee. And they may want to change their name. This could be the inspiration behind a name change there at GPHS just down the road from Dollywood. Yep, a bear coming right there in broad daylight, right on the football field. And he's to the 10. He's to the 5. Touchdown, Highlanders and their black bear. <laughs> I don't think I'm too good at play-by-play. Anyway, that's a, a neat little story. Remember, high school football for a lot of teams and in TSSAA world there, Gatlinburg-Pittman, get ready. I bet you they got a football game coming up here within hours, perhaps even Thursday, if not Friday, Gatlinburg, Pittman, the Black Bear Highlanders are going to start off their 2023 high school football season. Again, that is a look at some of our southern fun here. We we will actually have a conversation about football on the other side of this break because we're going to tell you all about not the Black Bears of Tulane, but we have a great feature on the Green Wave of Tulane University they're in the top 25 of college football and we have a spotlight we'll hear from the head coach Willie Fritz as it's roll wave time as we're on a tour across the southeast getting you ready for the start of not high school but college football season and we'll have that conversation right after this Y'all, and how about that Tulane Green Wave in the top 25 of college football and getting ready for a big season in New Orleans, Louisiana? And we go to the Big Easy today as it's our latest stop on our tour across the southeast, getting you ready for the start of college football in just a matter of days. And we're going to hear from Willie Fritz, head coach of Tulane, in just a moment. And we are the Y'all Show. We're proud to tell you about college football. This week along, we've already taken you starting in Blacksburg on Monday, all about Virginia Tech. Tuesday's Y'all Show. We were in Stark Vegas telling you about the Bulldogs of Mississippi State, and Zach Arnett is the skipper, first year skipper of MSU, and we wish them all the best here in 2023. On Thursday's Y'all Show, we'll have our latest college football stop at the two-time defending national champions of college football. Those Georgia Bulldogs will be front and center, and we're going to learn about what Kirby Smart has planned for dog fans. Can they go for the three-peat? Oh, if you're a Georgia fan, you're sitting there scratching your, you're scratching your, you know what, if you're a dog fan, thinking, well, I mean, I'm thinking about dogs. What dogs do? They scratch themselves. Come on now. And uh, if you're a dog hater, a -A D-A-W-G hater, you're thinking goodness gracious please Georgia go back to the days of uh, Jim Donnan remember Jim Donnan he's the guy that coached people like Kirby Smart at Georgia and Georgia when he was coaching there after he came to Georgia from Marshall University they weren't competing for SEC championships back in the 1990s (laughs) they were barely even going to bowl games and And then Mark Rick came in there, did a good job, but still weren't right there on the edge of national championship contention. Kirby Smart's got them in back-to-back national titles. Uh, Things are good if you're a fan of the red and black. Oh, those silver britches. But that's on Thursday's y'all show. Friday, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to tell you all about a really good college football team at the FCS level as Chris Chris Hatcher has had quite a turnaround in Homewood, And the Samford Bulldogs, your defending Southern Conference champions, we're going to break down their 2023 schedule about what's going on at Sam U. Sam, not Stan, Samford in the Birmingham area. That's our Spotlight Friday. So we've got all that coming up on this week's showcase of college football. But today it's all about the hullabaloo of Tulane. And look, we love in the South Really good stories, right? Especially feel good stories. Stories where you rise from the ashes. And there's not really been a better example of rising from the ashes, or in this case, rising from the floodwaters, from what Tulane University has done since 2005. I remember Katrina and what it did to specifically Tulane. I remember seeing. About three weeks into that college football season, I saw Tulane football players hanging out in an SEC town when they should have been hanging out in their own town getting ready for their next football game. The reason they were doing that, they were all displaced. Tulane had to play its 2005 season, if they even had much of a season at all. They played it primarily in Shreveport and it was just a big fat mess for Tulane to survive Hurricane Katrina and much less all of New Orleans to get past that. I don't know if they're still past it but you couple that with all the other problems that New Orleans unfortunately has and this is a very good academic school and then you got the rise of LSU athletically that's been a a, probably a problem for Tulane this school has barely been able to survive this athletic program certainly has been on life support at times in the last 20 years and they had horrible success on the football field and I don't know what they've done there but The Lord must be on their side. I wouldn't be betting against Tulane University anytime soon. This former SEC member, Tulane University, now a member of the American Conference. They, not only, I mean, one thing they've done is they actually have improved their conference situation. They were in Conference USA. They've been at at times sort of a peer of their, up the I-59 corridor rival Southern Miss. But Tulane ended up getting brought into the American Conference where teams like Southern Miss have gone the other direction, and now they're part of the Sunbelt Conference. And Tulane is doing good from an athletic standpoint now. The, The conference affiliation is good. And, heck, they could end up back in the Southeastern Conference the way they're going. I wouldn't have a problem with that. They've got two old rivals, their two oldest rivals are LSU and Ole Miss. And they got the Rebels back on their schedule this year, which should be fun. But they got the football thing going now. Two lanes pretty good in football. They're ranked in the top twenty five. I think they're number twenty-four, I think I saw that. I should know, but I, I wasn't paying attention. They're in the top twenty-five in the brand new AP preseason poll. Willie Fritz has had one heck of a turnaround for the Greenies as head coach. And there therefore as I said, we like good feel good stories in the Southeast, two lanes probably the best story going right now. Willie Fritz in 2022, his football team was 12 and 2. They won the Cotton Bowl for God's sakes. They beat Southern Cal in probably the best bowl game of all of last season Tulane's only losses came to Southern Miss, the aforementioned Golden Eagles beat Tulane by a field goal back in September of last year and then Tulane lost by a touchdown also at home two home losses last season lost to UCF by a touchdown but they got revenge because they ended up playing UCF again in the American championship game and they beat them December 3rd to capture the conference championship and got the nod to go play in the Cotton Bowl where they had that miraculous comeback win over the Southern Cal Trojans 46-45 and a tremendous season for the AAC champion Tulane Green Wave last year. They finished in the top ten, number nine in the final AP poll. (laughs) Tulane, y'all! They got the new stadium there built on the old Sugar Bowl site Yuleman Stadium. Was built about seven years ago. And Willie Fritz in his now eighth season getting ready for a big season has his team ranked again. He is right on the edge of having a winning record. His time at Tulane he's 43 and 45 a guy who was a former coach at Georgia Southern before heading to New Orleans to lead this program and he he hasn't had the best of times I mean you go back to 2021 Tulane was 2 and 10 he probably was about to be fired but got a chance to come back as head coach in 2022 and boy what a turnaround he has, he's actually won three bowl games as Tulane's coach during his tenure that started in the 2016 season. But for Tulane University to be your AAC champion and Cotton Bowl champions, pretty stout. Now, a look at this year's schedule before we hear from Coach Willie Fritz. Tulane starts the season September 2nd at Uleman. They've got the South Alabama Jaguars coming over on Interstate 10, for a game in prime time on September second, then those Lane Kiffin Landshark Black Bear Rebels will be in New Orleans for the first time in Lord knows when, and first certainly the first time since Archie Manning was quarterbacking the Johnny Rebs. They'll be back on the side of that old Sugar Bowl as Mississippi will be the opponent for Tulane at Yulman Stadium. This is going to be a mid-afternoon game that will be on ESPN2 Week 2, September 9th. Likely the biggest game on the schedule for Tulane this year when the old SEC foe and longtime rival is back in New Orleans taking on the Greenies September 9th. Then the Greenies go up to Hattiesburg for a game against Southern Miss on September 16th. The Colonels of Nichols State come to the Big Easy for a game September 23rd. Then the UAB Blazers a new member of the American Conference. They will be the Hall of Fame game opponent at Yulman Stadium on September 30th. A road trip to the Liberty Bowl awaits Tulane as they'll be playing the Memphis Tigers October 13th. The North Texas Eagles are the opponent October 21st at Yulman Stadium. On the road at Rice October 28th. On the road at Greenville, North Carolina's East Carolina University November 4th. Then back at home against the Golden Hurricane of Tulsa, November 11th. The Owls of Florida Atlantic are the opponent on November 18th. Then they wrap up the season at home against the Roadrunners of UTSA, November 24th. That's the Friday just after Thanksgiving Day. And that is the 2023 schedule for the rising and some may even say risen Two Lane Green Wave. So let me quickly go through... Big John's take on two-lane football 2023 I'm going to go ahead and count up wins for the Greenies I think they're going to win against the Jags I think they're going to win against the Rebels Rebel Black Bear Land Sharks that's two wins for them, they're going to get revenge in Hattiesburg, that's three wins I think they're going to beat Nichols, I think they're going to beat UAB, Memphis may be a challenge, I think they're going to beat Memphis on the road they're going to be undefeated midway through October they'll beat North Texas, they'll beat Rice I think they'll beat East Carolina. I think they'll beat Tulsa. I don't see a loss on the schedule. I think Willie Fritz is going to have an undefeated team this year. You're looking at your national champion, Tulane Green Wave, y'all. 2023. How about that? You heard it here first. Is that going to be good enough? If they do go undefeated, is that good enough to get them into the college football playoff? Why not? Cincinnati, out of the same conference, made it into the playoff just two years ago. So it is a good time to invest on Willie Fritz and the Tulane green wave. You heard it right here on the y'all show first. Roll wave. Let's hear from the coach of Tulane, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit about some of Tulane University's traditions. They have a tradition, and it doesn't involve just losing football games. That's certainly a tradition of the past. Now, thanks to Willie Fritz, Willie had his media day Monday, and let's go into the locker room and hear from the now I think this is his eighth or ninth year leading the Green Wave. Willie Fritz, head coach of the Tulane Green Wave.
2: You want you, you know, it was neat yesterday. Shoot, guys, we were in the, we went to the game, and I had a ton of people. You know, coach, go get him next year, and you know, and they were talking to the players and excited about what you know Tulane did this last year. And you know, we we, we uh, advertise ourselves as uh, New Orleans college football team. I believe we're the only. College football team that plays in the city of New Orleans, that right? So, so we are, and uh, you know, a bunch of people are excited about last season. They want to come out this year and support us, and and uh, so yeah, we're not shying away from that. We we want we want to have big crowds out here, you know, or do that you got to win. Do You pay any attention to the Baton Rouge college football team? Yeah, you know, we've got a great relationship with. With those guys, I know some of the old Tulane people. They don't, they don't like me saying <laughs> They get mad at me when I say that. But you know, I, you know, Coach O's a, a really good buddy of mine. Coach Kelly's been very nice. I tell you what, I, I got four hundred some text messages after the Cotton Bowl. One of them was from Coach Kelly, he texted me, and they, well, I didn't have his number, I texted back, told him congratulations to them also. So uh we do camps together. They come over here, we go over there. And, you know, so, uh, yeah, I, I want everybody in the state to do well. Now, I want us to do the best, <laughs> but that's, uh, you know, we know all the coaches in the state pretty well. well have you followed the, the realignment thing at all? Yeah, I just, you know, know I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting. It's It's gone haywire, you know. And, if you were a coach and you i just i, I don't that, that does that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me I don't you know when i when i heard uh they were talking about a couple teams being in the Atlantic coast conference and I, I know my geography f- fairly well I think they're on the pacific coast you know so I just looked a little different you know but uh you know it's it's way out of my pay grade I don't have anything to do with it so I just Coach, I got it Tulane and worry about what's
0: happening here. All right, that's Willie Fritz there, that last question about conference realignment. And, you know, thanks to Willie Fritz, schools like Tulane University in New Orleans are a real possibility for being picked up by a better conference than the American. I'm I'm serious on this. Tulane University, by the way, has just over 8,600 undergraduate students and over 5,000 postgraduate students so they've got 14,000 students there on the New Orleans campus the school that started officially as the Medical College of Louisiana and then became and I think they're still called this officially Tulane is Tulane University of Louisiana they are really the University of Louisiana y'all take that Lafayette La- 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 Lafayette yeah that's what I gotta get my Lafayettes and Lafayettes right depending on what state we're talking about. Yeah. So this very prestigious university, which traces its history back to 1834 and a one-time member of the Southeastern Congress, the good old green and blue of Tulane and Willie Fritz is the leader of this program, the football program, at least Willie Fritz, the Kansas native. He's 63 years young and has been at Tulane since the 2016 season has quite a track record. He won some junior college national championships. Then he went on to win a Sun Belt title when he was at Georgia Southern. And then last year, winning that AAC championship as head coach of the Tulane Green Wave. In fact, last year, he won the Bobby Dodd Coach of the Year for college football. Willie Fritz doing a fantastic job now let me tell you a little bit about some traditions that you find at Tulane University first of all that mascot love that Tulane's using the old throwback green wave mascot with the little cheerleading device whatever that's called I wasn't a cheerleader growing up but just a a cool cool logo that they've brought back and their color scheme the the green and the blue that they have the olive I should say and the light blue color is really, really pretty impressive. And Green Wave, their their chant of Roll Wave is, is great. And that olive and blue standing out. And then you've got the Hullabaloo, which is a part of the two lane tradition. And it goes way back to the 1920s. And I'm gonna do my best Hullabaloo here. I don't know it officially, but it's sort of like the Hotty Toddy at the University of Mississippi and other schools have similar chants. The hullabaloo for Tulane goes something like this. A one, a two, a hell of a hullabaloo, a hullabaloo, ray ray, a hullabaloo, ray, ray, hooray, hooray, vars vars TA Var T A vars vars T A Tulane. Okay, I hope I did not butcher that Greenway fans. But the the certainly the, the hullabaloo is a big part of Tulane. And I know that they have as a private school a big uphill climb getting the attention. Just in Louisiana, they have a problem getting the same kind of attention that that team up in Baton Rouge has. But Tulane has a proud history, and they do have that support from some of their longtime fans and friends. And you heard Willie Fritz in that clip talking about how some of those old people don't really like him praising LSU. But what a cool thing that Fritz just mentioned that Brian Kelly, head coach of LSU, texted him after they won that Cotton Bowl. And they have a, a decent relationship with LSU within the borders of Louisiana. What a job there. Again, if you want to take a moment sometime this college football season, pay a little bit of attention to Tulane and what Willie Fritz has done there in the Big Easy. You might be blown away by the Roll Wave crowd. And we appreciate the opportunity here on the all Show today to tell you a little bit about Roll Wave Tulane University. Again, their season opener coming up against the South Alabama Jaguars September 2nd. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to wrap up our second hour with a look at some Southern business news. Wallet Hub has the listing of the best states to live in, and I'll tell you what they are when we come right back. Roll away. singing for us, Megan. You know who Margaret is? Margaret Leanne Rimes, the 40-year-old singer from Pearl, Mississippi. Yep, that was the second song she had out on the charts in the mid-1990s, a little Unchained Melody. We're back here on the All Show. We do have our own Maga Megan back. Hello, <laughs> how <laughs> you doing?
3: Good, how are you? You're our
0: Unchained <laughs> Melody, and we're going to wrap up this hour, too, with a survey from WalletHub.com. Come, they've come up with the best states to live in. You want to take a gamble of who's number one? You got South a one Dakota. in f- a one in fifty chance.
3: South Dakota? Nope,
0: Massachusetts.
3: Really? Yeah, what, they
0: they never. factor in affordability, the economy, education, quality of life, and more. They've got Massachusetts the number one state in the country for education and health. Can you believe that? Mm, No. Okay. They got New Jersey at number two. This is not a very good thing for the South here. Number three is New Hampshire, followed by New York, Wyoming, and thank God Florida represents the South. Florida is number six on the Wallet Hub study of the best states to live in. That has just come out. Sunshine State, you're number five in terms of the quality of life, so kudos to you on that, but not doing so good on some of these other categories Florida 33rd in affordability Florida's number six Virginia's number seven other southern states showing up in the wild hub listing of the best states in the country you got to keep going way down before you find Maryland at number 27 Georgia is at 30 North Carolina 31 Missouri 34 Tennessee's at 36 Texas 37 West Virginia is 41. Kentucky is the 42nd best state, according to Wild Hub, for best states to live in. I think Kentucky's probably a little bit better than 42. Yeah. N- maybe. Maybe. Alabama is 43rd. But by the way, Alabama, congratulations, in Wild Hub's ranking, the Yellowhammer state came in number one in the country for affordability.
1: Hmm.
0: So you can go live pretty cheap in Bama. South Carolina comes in at 44 arkansas is 45 oklahoma's 46 mississippi is number 47 louisiana is the 48th best state to live in according to wallet hub and that's the end of the south the worst state in the country to live in according to wallet hub did i hear you say earlier montana
3: no i had said south dakota okay
0: i'm just a couple of states off The worst state, according to Wild Hub, to live in is New Mexico.
3: They lie. It would either be California or New York.
0: And you know how do you know this?
3: (laughs) Because I was in California.
0: You lived where did California come in? California on this breakdown is not listed. I'm kidding. They're in here somewhere. Where that California is the 24th best state to live in. They lie. They've got California number two in the quality of life category.
3: Where's New York at?
0: New York's pretty high. New York was number four. They got number. They got New York is number one in the country for quality of life. But they, I said they had California for quality of life at number two. What's so great about California's quality of life, Absolutely Megan? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I think I'm going to move to California. Oh. What, should I should I live if I had to leave? If I had to be a a a a, a, a traitor to the South? Do you suggest me moving to California or New York?
3: neither if you can help it move out of the country
0: <laughs> okay all right there she is the one and only you know what she's gonna be back hour three we're gonna talk about things that are coming back in style yes. right yes all right so um that's gonna be fun maybe california is coming back in style Definitely not. <laughs> all right we'll be right back hour three of the show that shakes the southland is coming up we are y'all powered by y'all.com stay with us final hour on this Wednesday edition, getting you through the hump day. We are y'all talk with an accent on all things Southern Megan Hedwall and John Roll in for this final hurrah on a Wednesday. We've got headlines from across the Southeast that we will be sharing with you momentarily. Also, Megan and I are going to have some fun talking about things, making a comeback. And if you have your own thing that you want to suggest, feel free to hit us up on the Y'all show email inbox, and that email could be sent to mail at yall.com, and we'll throw yours into the mix here of things coming on back. All that's coming up, plus before the hour is up, we've got a Southern History Spotlight today, and happy birthday to the Miami Dolphins. As they started back in the 1960s, and they have a celebrity connection. I did not realize that they had a celebrity connection to their birth and I'll tell you what that is in case you weren't around in 1966. <laughs> we'll have that, plus we've got some birthdays across the southeast today. Fess Parker born on this day, as well as J.T., James J.T. Taylor of Coolin the Gang, born on this date. So we'll have some birthdays and more wrapping up this final hour of the Y'all Show. Megan, you were not in with us on Tuesday's Y'all Show, and so I don't know if you heard that donald trump got a fourth indictment i did and i want to know your thoughts um come on i don't know <laughs> is not an answer i know
3: i know i just i think it's kind of ridiculous um i think people we've talked about this before people don't want to vote because they feel like their one vote won't matter now i think people aren't wanting to vote because they feel like the election's already going to be decided for them anyways you know So what's the point of going out and taking the time to vote when I think people are losing faith in the election process? The other thing is, too, you know, they keep saying, oh, we're not doing this because Trump's a threat or we're worried about Trump and his run. If somebody's coming after you as a threat and you shoot them, once they're down and they're dead, they're not going to keep shooting them and wasting ammo. So why do they keep coming at him, you know, unless they actually do perceive him as a threat? You know?
0: megan is not president but she has been mayor of a miss, uh, of a town here in the south and miss megan i want to ask you just breaking it down from a local elections thing did you have any concern about fake votes and voter fraud on a city election
3: no not on a city election what
0: about on a county no. election no what no. about a state election
3: I haven't paid too close attention okay. to the state, but on the
0: national stuff, you yeah, believe Yeah, I don't. It? I, don't okay. I don't.
3: Yeah, I don't trust.
0: Because when you were talking about people having not having faith in the whole voting process, I didn't know if this involved all forms of voting or just. When it comes to presidential politics.
3: I'm speaking for myself, I've I you know, I think it I think Trump won the election. I don't think Biden actually won. I mean, even wasn't Michigan came out and said, Yeah, we found eighteen thousand ballots or whatever that mm-hmm. didn't add up. I even had a client at LA Fitness. He and his wife had moved down here from Michigan to Tennessee and uh they'd lived here for like ten years and his uh, wife got a call saying, um, "Did you uh, send in an absentee ballot up here to the state of Michigan?" And she goes, "No, I'm a resident of the state of Tennessee." And they're like, "We're going to need an affidavit." Like, so I mean, it's crazy.
0: So, Megan, you're pretty smart, lady.
3: I don't know about that. Maybe in some things, not in others.
0: You're not crazy, are you?
3: Well, I am a woman. No, I'm just gonna <laughs> <laughs> She said that. I did. I did.
0: <laughs> All right. So, you're. No. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. You're smart.
3: Okay sure
0: and you're not crazy
3: Mm -hmm. sure
0: (laughs) and you just said that you think trump won
3: yeah i do all
0: right well he's going to have a big announcement monday of showing how he won georgia did you hear about that
3: yeah i heard he was going to come out with something
0: about that he's going to have the goods he's but i don't know why it's coming out now but it, it still keeps the whole 2020 election in the in the news cycle.
3: Well, it's probably coming out now because he probably was going to hang on to that in case something like this happened. And now that it has, now he's got ammo. He's got an arrow in his quiver that he can fire off. Yeah.
0: I, I've, I've referenced it already on today's show, and I, I think I mentioned it on Tuesday's y'all show. Megan, I, unlike you, am not a successful politician. I've tried and failed Okay, I'm better at the sport of journalism. Okay, <laughs> that's what I—I'm I, I, a little bit better at that, and I'm disgusted by the profession that I've been involved in for most of my career. Why is that? Because they don't do a good job of of the fourth estate, the watchdogs of government. They don't do that. They are partisan. They—they they truly are. And, and and that is that's what's so disappointing that people in the, the you go to journalism school to learn how to be the, the watchdog of government, to be that sort of referee on things and not and, and I blame it more on our cable networks. Yeah. And it, because of the tremendous success of Fox. I'm gonna blame Fox. Fox went out there with Rupert Murdoch and the other characters involved with that, Roger Ayles, when it got started in the nineties, and they put out there the gauntlet they're conservative and so they they turn their primetime shows not into news shows they're entertainment shows their opinion pieces Mm -hmm. and that's what so many people watch
3: yeah it's not
0: fact-based it's it's opinion which is fine we have a place for that right but it's not news and so because of that then other networks say well if you're going to be this way we're going to be this way the complete opposite And you don't truly have a good middle-of-the-road option out there. Mm -hmm. we've also seen in my profession, can I put you in our profession? No, I don't think you can. (laughs) We've also seen the demise of the newspaper. I think newspapers did do a much better job of kind of being middle-of-the-road. They ran AP Wire stories for the most part. Oh,
3: yeah. I mean, even local newspapers, too. I mean, I'm talking about, like, down in Hartman County. We have a new one that came out, Hatchie Press, and they're pretty in the middle Let you decide for yourself. But... I think all these other ones, it's because they're media companies and all that. They're bought and paid for. The government basically tells them what they're going to say. Have you seen those clips where they take all these different news stations and they're all saying the exact same phrase and the exact same thing?
0: Hmm.
3: Like, it's controlled.
0: Yeah. Well, we're not controlled here.
3: Obviously not, because half the time you're like, send your hate mail to Megan. Well, I, I
0: like hate mail too. I like, I actually, I like any kind of mail, but no, I love the fact that you just you did not hold back. And how many shows, period, would have someone like you come on and say that Trump won? I want to say that I believe that Trump won, but I i, I still going to reserve that yeah thing because I want to. I still need to see the smoking guns. And so when I was getting to the point of I've been so disgusted by journalism being partisan. I mentioned earlier this y'all show this Wednesday edition that I happened to be I guess the wrong place at the wrong time I was at a buddy's house last year when they had this big press conference that was only carried live on Newsmax Hmm. none of the other networks had it I know so because I had my friend flip over and see if they were covering it Mm -hmm. and it was a big press conference about Georgia election fraud specifically Fulton County yeah and how, what they claimed the numbers from Fulton County were, just couldn't be those numbers. It was not scientifically possible. Yeah. And I've not seen that covered anywhere else. In fact, if you don't mind, if you can lift this segment for a second, okay. I'm gonna sit over here and see if I can't pull that thing up because <laughs> I don't want people thinking I've lost my mind. <laughs> okay. That I didn't dream this thing. Okay. But uh, no, I think it was a it was a press conference about Georgia election fraud and it was carried only on newsmax and it was i watched it it was fascinating they had all the graphs of showing how the numbers went from this in 2016 to 2020 and this was in the middle of a pandemic for god's sake. Right. that's another reason when you talk about voter fraud how in the hell could we have that many more people vote in 2020 when they weren't they wouldn't even go down to the grocery store right
3: well. Come on. uh, Absentee ballots. But I do think that with all these indictments... Sorry I
0: cussed in front of (laughs) you.
3: I think that um, I think it is opening people's eyes. I was reading some of the comments on social media on this video um, of this press conference the other night and people were saying, you know, I never voted for Trump. Don't like the guy. He needs a filter. But watching all of this, this is ridiculous because if we live in a country where they can start going after and locking up their political opponents, you know, like Trump says, you know, what's stopping them from coming after us just because we say something on air or in our, the comfort of our own homes that they don't like?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, I'm,
0: I, I'm not easily able to find this thing, but I, I've been a resident of Georgia. I have passed through that state for a million times, and I just still have a hard time believing that Georgia has changed that much in the last couple of years mm-hmm. um, I saw something recently that Georgia has had a 17% I think it's 17% shift from Democratic to Republican in the last three election cycles where statistically the nation has seen maybe a 7% shift Georgia's had more than 10% on top of that 17% switch in party, mm-hmm. party voting and I, I, don't, I don't get it now Georgia like a lot of the South has had a large Hispanic population that's come in there
1: mm-hmm.
0: the county that i used to live in not y'all county but hall county <laughs> you'd laugh i actually had the county name changed one time they changed it for a day from hall county to Yall county wow in honor of y'all got a
3: lot of power
1: we went place.
0: there and did a sweet tea <laughs> challenge and they changed the name i even have a t-shirt for it okay i'm bragging <laughs> How many times have you had a county change its name? Well, you should try. I bet they'd do it.
3: (laughs) I bet they wouldn't, but we could try. (laughs) Yeah, uh,
0: I think so. Um, You know, now that they're out renaming things, y'all's a good name. (laughs) Y'all's a real good name. But Hall County, by the way, is Gainesville, Georgia. It's not a small place. It's just northeast of Atlanta and Lake Lanier and all that is uh, where that is located. But, yes, Georgia has been a real in my opinion head scratcher what's happened there and we will keep an eye on all this again Trump saying that come Monday not in Georgia but in Bedminster New Jersey he's going to have a big press conference and lay out all the goods Mm. of how he got robbed he was robbed and Megan believes it and I I want to believe it I really do I'm not saying he's wrong I'm not saying people like Megan are wrong I I just want to I guess I'm being a wimp you know, I'm being a wimp and say, I just need a little bit more evidence. But I, I have a Sometimes gut feeling. Sometimes you
3: need more evidence.
0: I, I, I got a gut feeling that it happened. Yeah. And Trump, to his credit, he has not given up. So many people, would he stop talking about the 2020 election? Would he get over it and just admit it he lost? No, he has not admitted, but, admitted anything.
3: Right. And if he really did lose, why are these... Democrats? Why do they keep coming after him and trying to say no and say, no, he lost.
0: Because when he lost. He come, they come after him, they come after you, right. Megan. <laughs> they come after you. All right. Well, more, much more could be said about Trump and what's going on with all these indictments. But we wanted to get Megan's take because it's very important to us at the Y'all Show to find out Megan's thoughts on the latest <laughs> subpoena or whatever the indictment. Did, did you lose sleep over? Did you stay up late to watch that? No, I and woke I, up
3: the next morning and watched it. I didn't watch it. Oh.
0: I did not watch it. But
3: um, wasn't there, they said that there was a document that had leaked before yeah. the decision was made, and then it was. Yeah.
0: How crazy is that? So, you, in order to be well, indicted, you got to have a grand jury vote right. for the indictment, and that document got leaked before the grand jury voted.
3: Right. And a news reporter asked, what's her name? Fanny or whatever her name Big is. Big Fanny it. Willis. Yeah. They asked her about it, and she was like, um, I don't know what you're referring to. Uh, next question, please. And she that was the most rushed response. Like, come on, let's move on, that she had that entire meeting.
0: Yeah, I think Megan might be right, y'all. She's you're a visionary. I
1: don't
0: know. I think she's You and Trump needs to have you up there in bed minister Monday. Oh no. Yeah, and he needs to say see if Megan believes it then then it's true. It's true. All right, we we'll take a break here. You know what's also true? What's that? Things coming back. Yep. Like Megan, you're coming back now. <laughs> you're coming back after this break when we come back. Megan's got a list of things that are on the comeback trail. Hey. I'm excited about this. We'll share that with you. If you've got your own comeback, let us know. M A I L mail at y'all.com. We'll have that. Plus, before the hour's up, some good Southern history to pass along on this Wednesday edition. We'll be right back.
1: fried bologna sandwich with mayo and tomato sitting around the table don't happen much anymore we got too complicated it's all way overrated What you were doing When you were Cracking jokes Back when a screw Was a screw the When was all that blue And when you said I'm down with that Well it meant you had the blue I missed back when I missed back
0: From the Y'all Show request lines That's Tim McGraw and a little back when Megan requested that during the break. That was a great choice. Good job. You need to be a DJ <laughs> no. if the whole political thing doesn't work out for you.
1: <laughs> right.
0: How's that working?
3: No, it's not. It's
0: not. All right. Hey, we bring Tim McGraw, the Start Louisiana kid, into the conversation because we're going to go back when now. Megan and I, the other day, were talking about things coming back. Yeah. And she's got a, a nice little list over there that I'm excited to see what you got. Coming back. What's coming back?
3: Well, my my friend Becca, if y'all remember, talked about Tanzania. Yankee Becca, yeah. Yankee yeah, yeah. Becca, love her. Uh, she, uh, she had told me, she's like, girl, you, anything that's in style now, you've got to save it because one day it's going to come back and your kids are going to want it. And that's what we're seeing today. Like? Such as acid wash jeans no way yep back in the do you have a pair no i used to growing up i had a pair of uh purple ones purple acid wash jeans hardly ever wore them but
0: could you fit into them today oh gosh no oh come on (laughs) if you don't know what megan looks like she's like the symbol of health and beauty
3: yeah but i think a a 10 year old (laughs) versus a 27 year old all right it's not gonna work Uh, i'm
0: trying to help you out
3: uh, thank you i appreciate it (laughs) Um the with the new Barbie movie that's come out, mm-hmm. pink everything is coming back. I guess in the 80s and the 90s it was all about pink and everyone wore pink and if you've seen some of these people posting on social media going to see this movie, it's decked out pink everywhere. So
0: Well, pink made a comeback about 15 years ago thanks to breast cancer.
3: Right. And, and then and even cut-
0: guys wore pink. I wear pink. I wear I have a pink seersucker suit. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, and I'm very comfortable with my my masculinity, but uh, but I get a lot of compliments by that. But I got, I wear a pink baseball hats sometimes. Yeah, you do. Yeah, and, and I think it's yeah whatever. But it's
3: like even more so now. It's ramping. Back but because
0: up. of Barbie, we're going to see a lot yeah. more. Maybe do you like light pink or the darker like hot pink? Mm. Do you have a cho- uh, favorite? You mm. got a pink c- cup here, sort of in that pink. That's orange. Okay, orange, right. We're going to test.
3: We're gonna have to test your eyesight. Yes.
0: Maybe I thought that pink seersucker is actually a green, for goodness sakes. So <laughs> right. pink is coming back. Pink is coming Not back. Not the singer.
3: Not the singer. But
0: the color. But the color. All
3: right. uh, cargo pants are making a comeback, no apparently. No way. Come on, man. Yep. I was telling uh, a friend about it the other day as I was doing the research, and they're like, please, no, don't bring the cargo Where are you getting this
0: been. information? Because I haven't seen anybody wearing cargo pants
3: different sources. Don't be making this stuff up. I'm not. They're saying that later this year, early next year, cargo pants are coming back. But you can fit all your snacks in the pockets, so that's a mm. bonus. Well, good
0: news, I didn't wear cargo pants when they were in style, whatever year that was.
3: I had a pair of cargo pants capris once. We'll go
0: get them out of the closet.
3: No, they're gone now. <laughs> they're gone? <laughs> yeah. The
0: seven-year-old Megan?
3: Right. Uh, slim fit turtlenecks, apparently, no. are going to be no a comeback. No. Yep. Yep. Apparently, that- turtlenecks.
0: Period. Need to never come back. <laughs> I
3: feel like you're choking.
0: <laughs> it's. I mean, if, if I wanted to have a collar like that, I would have gone into the ministry. <laughs> right. <laughs> I saw a guy yesterday at lunch had on the whatever that's called. The, it, I guess he was tur- a priest.
3: Oh. Oh, the, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Whatever that thing's called.
3: Corduroy and velvet trousers mm. apparently are coming back. Never Qu- participated in either of those.
0: Yeah. I had a pair of velvet pants I wore back in the day. Mainly in... in uh, did I say velvet? I meant corduroy. Did I say corduroy? What did I say?
3: I don't even remember anymore. Corduroy is what I had. <laughs> and
0: it's a, it's a good choice for wintertime. Yeah. Not necessarily in August. But you're telling me that and velvet...
3: And velvet trousers, apparently. Yay. Yay. Something to look forward oh, to. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm
0: excited am excited.
3: Break them out of the attic. <laughs> uh, butterfly hair clips and barrettes are coming back. I've got a few of those. Oh. Well, can, can you start wearing them more?
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll get right on it. You'll fit right So in. do you have any of those?
3: No. I, I do bobby pins. Okay. Definitely not the clips. All right. <laughs> but... Uh, you don't need them
0: because, again, you're the symbol of health and beauty. I
3: don't know if that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> uh, crimped hairstyle is coming back. Remember when everybody used to, like, fry the uh, heck out of their hair and yeah. crimp it all?
0: Did you ever do that? No. Have you ever done it?
3: I did. Back. Back when? Like, my sophomore year of college, I tried it and for one day didn't like it, but
0: let's see the photos i know you put it out on <laughs> no, instagram we didn't, we
3: didn't take any photos of that we don't need any record of that uh obviously this one we see them everywhere at fanny packs are have made a huge comeback
0: did they go away
3: i think they did yeah okay. for a while and now
0: replaced by
3: i don't know purses okay the wallet on the back of your iphone
0: yeah okay you know so you're saying so now fanny packs are back in style
3: yeah and i actually hear that tsa (laughs) fanny packs are back uh the last one i have they're saying oversized blazers and shoulder pads are going to be coming back Mm. like on the suits and stuff for women yeah for women
0: yeah not for the guys my mother liked to wear those shoulder pad type stuff back in the mid 90s i guess
3: yeah i have one dress it's a Calvin Klein green dress that I wear like for political stuff, and it's got some shoulder pads in it, but they're not like huge or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, I, so.
0: bet you, I bet you they're not huge. <laughs>
3: they're not. <laughs> I've
0: seen it on Instagram. Yeah,
3: yeah they're what? not huge shoulder pads, but they're there.
0: Uh, my, my statement when I saw that photo of you in that was she took off from whatever it's called at the gym when you don't do upper body.
3: Do what? Skipping...
0: I'm kidding, okay. What is going on? I'm saying that you put on Instagram your picture of you in a green dress with shoulder pads, oh, yeah. and I, my oh. my thought was, oh, well, you can definitely tell that Megan, that was not a. What do you? I don't even know the name. What do you call it when you go working out just your upper body, lifting weights? You should know this. Leg day is one day, and then but go. but the opposite of leg day would be upper body day. Upper You're body day. It. I'm saying that. <laughs> I when I saw that see. photo of you wearing <laughs> shoulder pads, I was I was saying that she must have taken off for that day. She didn't do her upper body, so oh, she yeah, she had was to. cheating on her muscles right. by wearing shoulder pads. Right? Make them a- look am a I bit coming more back? Added. Am I making a comeback? All right,
3: here we go. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Now you're talking about that photo with Dolores Gresham. I
0: haven't seen it at all. I'm just yeah, making. I'm actually lying to you. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? I'm lying to you, but it's good radio, <laughs> don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> So we never said we had to tell the truth on this show. So those are good things, most of which are from a feminine perspective, yes. which is okay because I think you're a fem- female. You're of the feminine I perspective, I hope think.
3: Know I am All right, well, okay. uh, we do I, know what a woman is here on the y'all show, no, don't we?
0: But I, I heard no. that women might be making a comeback. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, you wish. Yeah. And
3: I wish men would make a comeback,
0: too. Oh, look at you. So as a guy, let me throw a few things at maybe, just maybe, are making a comeback and, the you know, just very, not putting a lot of thought into this thing, on the cap perspective. I'm a guy that likes caps. And we've seen, thanks to Donald Trump, the five-panel hat come back in style. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about?
3: Yeah, I know what you're talking about.
0: They have kind of like the pointed front and then the rope. Yep. Circa 1982 golf course hat. Right. Those are back in style. They look kind of neat. I like them. Uh, that's in style the satin starter jackets are sort of make it a comeback they they have like the satin look and they're athletic yeah and i bought some of those recently and and i haven't worn them yet because it's august but i will (laughs) and that's that's kind of a neat thing to see and i've got some awesome stuff in my archives that i'm waiting to bring out and i think i will
3: you're excited aren't you i am
0: excited because i've got honestly like from a cap perspective i've got caps that are 40 years old that i wear sometimes 40 years old i bought uh when i was i mean i've got a braves cap that i bought 40 years ago i remember i got it from the hardware store that's where you used to go get your official major league merchandise was your local hardware store. Is
3: that when you had to hop on the horse and ride into <laughs> no. town a couple hours away?
0: <laughs> All right. That's not making a comeback, horse riding. But, but uh, no, I, I love that hat, well, and ho- it, it's horse- definitely used. Yeah,
3: horse riding might make a comeback if these gas prices keep going up.
0: Yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. All right, so Democratic candidate Megan, I'm just kidding. No,
3: definitely not. <laughs> um,
0: but th- th- that's some of the fashion stuff. And then as far as what else could we... I mean, we've talked a lot about fashion As far as guys, hairstyles, for God's sakes, who in the heck decided that mullets should make a comeback?
3: Morgan Wallen started Uh, that one, but then he cut it off. Yeah, my
0: son showed me that this weekend. He's like, look at this, and I didn't know who it was, and I thought that's (laughs) definitely a fake. Is it really true? Yeah. He cut off his mullet and his mustache?
3: I don't know about the mustache. I just know I saw a thing that said Why hasn't that
0: made bigger news? I mean, I I I got it from my 13-year-old, and now you're a 20-something-year-old telling me that he cut it off, but I haven't seen it on CNN. So until well, I see it, fake news, that's so. fake news. But Morgan Wallen allegedly, allegedly, has gotten rid of his mullet.
3: That was like his look, like that is how people knew who he was, kind of thing.
0: Hmm. He's a good singer. He doesn't need he is, that look.
3: No, he's a great singer.
0: Uh, you, you like him? I like Morgan. Is he going to make a comeback?
3: He's a, he's relevant <laughs> as it is. <laughs> all
0: right. So anything else before you leave us? No, that's all. I wish all. you'd make a comeback <laughs> tomorrow, On Monday. No, tomorrow okay, well, and Friday. I'll be back Monday. Oh, come on. <laughs> See, she, she comes in here and just gives it her all, and then she disappears. Takes and I, a break. And I hate that. Takes really, a break. But she does a good job promoting. I'll give you credit. You always usually post about this show on your social socialist media socialist outlets. Socialist
1: media. Yeah, right. <laughs> you do a good
0: job, and I don't even do that. I'm, I'm, I need to make a comeback. Megan Hedwall, thank you very much. And for all of you saving up for whatever stuff's in your closet, Hey, hold on to it. It's going to likely make a comeback. And if you yeah. wanted to sell it, you could make a lot of money.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: I mean, I've got some really... it's
3: authentic.
0: Yeah, I've got some awesome <laughs> stuff out there. And they used to... You know, just like me making, mm-hmm. things were made better back in the day. I know they were. Yeah. Well, they were meant to last. Don't you wish you were circa 19-whatever-the-heck-I-am? No, you don't. <laughs> you stay where you are. Stay... The symbol of health and beauty. I don't
1: know about that. We'll try. I do know that about that. Yes, I
0: do. <laughs> Megan Hedwall, everybody, thank you so much. We'll see you back here Monday. See
1: you Monday. You're going
0: to show up Monday? Oh,
1: absolutely. All right.
0: Show up with bells on. All right. When we come back, we've got our Southern History Spotlight for this Wednesday. Going to have some fun right here on the show that's all about the South. We're making a comeback. J. T. is celebrating today, the, the guy singing that little song that Coolin' the Gang had out in 1980. Congratulations and happy birthday to James JT Taylor, born on August 16th, 1953, as he is now 70 years young. Happy birthday, JT of Coolin' the Gang. JT born on this day in Lawrence, South Carolina. Happy birthday there. Lauren's a neat little place sandwiched between Columbia and Greenville. Right in the right in the edge of the Midland slash upcountry of South Carolina. Just down the road from Clinton, home of Presbyterian College. That's where JT was born in 1953. And he was not an original member of Cool and the Gang, but he got brought into the group in 1979. And boy, what a difference he made because they put out songs like that one right there, celebrate 1980, and had all kinds of big number one songs like Get Down on It, Joanna, Misled, Cherish All with JT in the lead role for Cool and the Gang. For the South Carolina native, congratulations and happy birthday. 70 years old today, JT James Taylor. The other James Taylor, (laughs) not the one from North Carolina that is more of the folksy singer. JT's got that soul and got that R&B influence with Cool and the Gang. And don't forget, it's K-O-O-L, Cool and the Gang. Happy, happy birthday, JT. Also, in our celebrations and birthdays, we're having a good time. Come on! Happy birthday today to the Miami Dolphins. As they were established August 16th, 1965. Happy 58th birthday to the Fins of the National Football League. The Fins, by the way, you need to get down on it because you haven't won a Super Bowl in 50 years. The Super Bowl champions back to back of Super Bowl 7 VII and 8 course, yeah, they do have the distinction of having the only undefeated team in NFL history. Okay, I'll give you that. But yeah, it's been 1973, Super Bowl VIII, the last time the Miami Dolphins picked up a Super Bowl title. They were an AFL expansion team when they came into the professional football world in 1966. Playing in the Eastern Division of that uh, Startup League they had to pay I thought I saw the number they had to pay 7.5 million dollars I believe to become an AFL member and that was far more than what the original AFL members paid in 1960 when teams like the Houston Oilers and the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers and the Buffalo Bills And the Raiders, which were originally Oakland Raiders, originally. And then I think I'm leaving one more team out of the equation. Um, But the Buffalo, the the AFL, I guess the Dallas Texans, that's the other team that became the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that's the original AFL members. The Dolphins and the Bengals were the expansion teams to that league. And it was on this day in... 1965, that the Miami Dolphins came to be. And did you realize that the team was awarded the expansion franchise of the AFL, awarded to lawyer Joe Robbie and actor Danny Thomas? That's right, Danny Thomas, the singer, actor, and comedian, and the guy that helped start St. Jude in Memphis, he was an original co-owner of the Miami Dolphins. I actually did not know that. So congratulations all you St. Jude fans. You've got a connection to the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins, of course, after the original owners have been owned by others and have had multiple coaches. The right now owner of the Miami Dolphins is Stephen Ross and Mike McDaniel is the head coach he he did a good job over the last two years I guess it's now been the the time that he's been on duty of this AFC East team but the Miami Dolphins the first pro football team to be based in Miami and in the state of Florida okay I'm sorry the Miami Seahawks were the first but the Dolphins came ultimately and remember Miami and Florida period was forgotten about most of this country's history until air conditioning came about and the expansion of South Florida led to Miami being this huge city and then people started paying more attention to it and the Dolphins were the first of the major sports leagues, I'm talking NBA, Major League Baseball, NBA, even hockey Dolphins were that first group to come in there and put the flag down and say we're a pro team in the Sunshine State. Come on. Celebrate good times. And boy, they did in 72 and 73. But not not since that time. By the way, what's the outlook for the Miami Dolphins of 2023? They're in the preseason form. They just had their first preseason game against the Falcons. They got beat 19-3. to They've got a game coming up this weekend at the Houston Texans. The Dolphins opened The regular season at the Chargers on September 10th. Their home opener at Hard Rock Stadium is going to be September 24th when the Denver Broncos come to town. The Miami Dolphins of the NFL, again, born on this date in history back in the mid-1960s. Good luck to all you Dolphin fans in the new season. Also born on this date in 1924, Fess Parker was born in Fort Worth, Texas. The actor, you might remember him from the Daniel Boone series that ran on NBC, was born in Texas and went on to serve in the Navy in World War II and then got into the acting world after he enrolled at Hardin-Simmons University in Abilene and went on to be in Davy Crockett on that series that CBS did as the Walt Disney Company produced Davy Crockett and Fess Parker, part of that. Then Daniel Boone won awards involved in a winery, the Fess Parker Winery. Fest Parker lived until 2010. He died at age 85 in California back in 2010. The Fort Worth, Texas native and alumnus of Hardin Simmons and the University of Texas as well as he got his masters at USC in Los Angeles the Daniel Boone and David Crockett actor Fess Parker born on this date in 1924 also born on this date another Texan Billy Joe Shaver he was born in Corsicana in 1939 I had a chance to hang out with Shaver as he went by at that time in the 90s as he came to Nashville with songs like Georgia on a Fast Train, I think that's the name of that song, and Shaver was sort of on the uh, alternative side of country music, just like Fess Parker. He also was a veteran of the United States Navy and ended up getting out in California doing some work there, but got involved with music and more and worked with acts like David Allen Coe and Wayland Jennings and he helped write Honky Tonk Heroes and You Asked Me to. as Billy Joe wrote that for Waylon Jennings on the 1973 album Honky Tonk Heroes and he also wrote a song called Live Forever that was in the movie Crazy Heart Billy Joe Joe Shaver again was a big Texan a big Texas music kind of guy and had some success on the charts if you look at his discography of charting singles for Billy Joe Shaver only two songs even were able to do that and one of those was that song I've Been to Georgia on a Fast Train of which he remade and in 1994 that was a music video on CMT that the lady that used to be the programming director and my boss Her husband directed that thing, Chris Rogers, Georgia, on a fast train. Billy Joe Shaver, again, born on this date in history. The Texas singer-songwriter, born in Corsicana. He died in Waco at the age of 81 back in 2020. Another lady with ties to the South, although not born in the South. Well, she was born in Paris. Not the one in Texas and not the Paris in West Tennessee. This lady was born in Paris, the one in France. Happy birthday today to Catherine Lee Epstein, also known as Kathy Lee Gifford, who now lives in Franklin, Tennessee. Kathy Lee Gifford, of course, you know her from Regis and Kathy Lee and all the television work that she's done throughout history, but she was born in Paris because her daddy was stationed in Paris as part of his work with the U.S. Navy. I didn't know they had a port in Paris, France, but evidently they had some reason for him to be working in Paris, and that's why little Kathy was born in 1953. Today is Kathy Lee Gifford's 70th birthday. Happy birthday, of course, the lady who was married to Frank Gifford of NFL fame for... 20, 20, about 30 years looks like she was married 29 years to Frank Gifford and of course they had children like Cody and Cassidy together the TV show host talk show host singer songwriter very, very talented Kathy Lee Gifford born in Paris but raised in Bowie Maryland and ended up going to Bowie High School and graduating from there And although she's from a Russian-Jewish ancestry, she converted to Christianity and has been a very devout Christian for a long time, becoming a born-again Christian at age 12 after seeing the Billy Graham-produced film The Restless Ones. And she went on to attend Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, where she studied drama and music, and then ended up being a live-in Secretary and babysitter for the conservative former Miss Oklahoma winner and more, Anita Bryant. I didn't know there was a connection to Anita Bryant for Kathy Lee Gifford, but she did work for her and then ended up getting a chance to be on live with Regis and Kathy Lee, and that made its debut in 1985 as Gifford replaced Ann Abernathy as co host. Of the morning show on WABC TV with Regis Philbin, and in 1988 it was rebranded as a national broadcast, live with Regis and Kathy Lee. That was a good show. I know Kelly, I think is who's doing that show now. the The offshoot of, if you will, of Regis and Kathy Lee, she does a, a fine job. But man. It's still not Regis and Kathy Lee. It's still not Regis. I love Regis Filburn. Well, <laughs> miss him. But Kathy Lee's still with us. And again, the Maryland-raised Gifford now lives, for the most part, as far as I could tell, around Franklin, Tennessee. She's been involved in some stuff there. And At 70 years young, she's one beautiful Marylander that now is a Tennessean. And the circle that combines all is she's a southern girl we're going to claim her even though she was born in that other Paris should have been born in the one in Tennessee or Texas Kathleen but we appreciate your father and his service and that's why you were born outside the good old US of A and lastly this is a a little bit of an unusual birthday today Rumor Willis the actress and the daughter of Bruce and Demi Moore she was born on this date in 1988 And she was born in Paducah, Kentucky. This Hollywood starlet happened to be born in Paducah at Western Baptist Hospital because her daddy, Bruce, was in the area filming in-country. Rumor, Willis, born in Paducah and named after author Rumor Godden. And she was born on this date in 1988, so she is 35 years young today. And that's a look at some birthdays and some fun southern history to wrap up the y'all show on this wednesday edition happy birthday to all y'all that are having birthdays on this the 16th of august we'll be back with you on thursday for more southern fun until that time hey don't forget the y'all shows podcast is available check it out on spotify our heart radio tune in and more y'all have a great rest of your day and enjoy living in the south